jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out Satan month. Satan, 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 Satan. Whoa. Someone's in the spirit. Yeah, I love Satan month. It Just, is the best. It gets me, it gets my juices flowing, you know? Mm-hmm. My, my humors. My yeah, Elizabethan your, your bloods. humors. Yeah, my biles. <laughs> my good bile, <laughs> my bad bile. <laughs> I'm sorry, Stacey. I'm a little ill today, hence the sound of the lozenge flying back and forth in my mouth. Oh, that's fine. It is, is triggered by my humors, but... Yeah. Is it eye worms? It's eye worms, yeah. I got them everywhere, though. <laughs> I'm very sorry to hear that. Yeah, yeah. I, it was so you. weird. I was on a plane, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, um, they, they were like, okay, we're going to drop the oxygen mask, but it's actually for a, a, it's for a gender reveal. <laughs> and then... My, right as my oxygen mask fell and I thought I was going to find out what this baby was with the crying couple in front of me, um, all these flies just exploded out of the ventilation system, got in, got in all of my parts. <sighs> and now I'm covered. I'm just a giant walking larvae. That's my nightmare. I can't believe it happened to you. It happened to me. So, Stacey, now, the, now you can say, listen, I know a person that knows a person. That knows right. Person. It's not it's not just a news article anymore. No, she put that she put that turkey in the oven and it was but, worms. Yeah. Move over Kevin Bacon. It's 6 degrees of eye worms now is the latest trend. <laughs> that was the hottest game. <laughs> now. Yeah. yeah, so eye worms, um they will get you. Yeah. Uh, especially during this our noble Satan month. Um it's eye worms or cancer in the end, right? <laughs> it's, uh, it's yeah. That's it's just like you know all that's going to be left is climate change, sharing cockroaches. Yeah. <laughs> the alternative worms. to that, eye worms. Yeah. Oh well. Those are your four choices. Pick one. Everybody vote. That's all I have to say. Everybody vote. Don't 2020. vote. Don't vote for the eye worm. Okay. Yeah, I would say even if you have to cross party lines, like no eye worms. No. And, and a third-party candidate is a vote for an eye worm, regardless of your <laughs> your attempts at moral purity. Yeah. Yeah, Jill Stein isn't going to fend off the eye worms with her fucking crystals or whatever. <laughs> Don't you want to see that, though, in the debate? I do. Like, I do. Marianne Williamson and Jill Stein using the combined power of their... Of their aura quartz. Yeah, they have a crystals and a copy of The Secret. Yeah. And they're going to hold off the eye worms. There's just this eye worm in a suit on stage going, <laughs> That actually would be so much better than... It really would, actually. Than any political scenario we're currently <laughs> engaged in. I'm into it. I stand for that. Eye worm 2020. <laughs> Never mind. I'm changing my tune. Ah! <laughs> Um, so some horror news. Oh, I love horror news. Uh, did you see that the West Craven estate, my dear Stacey Ponder, is looking to reboot A Nightmare on Elm Street? 
I did. That can only portend good things in the world. I think this is going to be the time it finally takes. Yeah. (laughs) I think they're finally going to figure out Freddy and what makes it work this Mm -hmm. time, 30 years later, with the umpteenth entry. Yeah. Sixth? Seventh? Uh, Who knows? Eighth? Oh, right. If you count the remake. I don't even know. So they're doing, so apparently the West Craven estate is accepting pitches for- They have a mortgage to pay. I know. I love that they go out there and they're like, hey, everyone, we're accepting pitches. Like, that's not even like, that's not even like working internally and coming up with a great idea and bringing it back because you have a great idea. No. That's like a Craigslist misconnection ad. It's like any one of these, like, I'm, we're a company and we need a new logo. So, hey, let's have an art contest. And all you artists submit your designs and the winner will get $50. Like, that's what they're doing yeah. with A Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> it's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> Who wants to sift through all those pitches? My God. Yeah, and how many of them are, uh guy gets burnt he comes back into kids dreams <laughs> like yeah. why i don't understand yeah and so they're looking for um pitches for a feature film and then also for a tv series oh my gosh like, because i guess because queer people did it first and did it better because they did hannibal and now don mancini who also worked on hannibal is now doing the chucky series is that why they're trying to make it into a tv show Everything's got to be a TV. TV's where the money's at now. And honestly, it is better than movies right now. For the most part. Or, well, it's kind of downhill, going a little downhill from where it was, but. Yeah. I just don't, I don't understand. Here's my two cents, is like, my two eye worms, is like, I want, if you're going to do Freddy, like, just bring back Robert England and just do a fucking sequel to the old franchise. Right. It's not as if he can't do it. He's still of sound mind and body, like, and he would probably love to do it. Like, just, why not? Just bring him and Heather Langenkamp back, man. No Ronnie Blakely, no deal. No. No deal. I mean, it just seems like the, this just seems like the worst way to go about it. That is just going to ensure it's a disaster. Yeah. If there's a filmmaker you want... Then go after them, but they clearly don't know what they want or anything. They just want money. Yeah, yeah. That's what's that's what's the grossest thing is that it's apparent there's no like creative team. Like there's no like right. This isn't a creative endeavor. Yeah. Which I mean, you might laugh to yourself. I mean, we're talking about what the thousandth entry in a horror franchise, but like you can you can be smart with your with the fifteenth entry in a film sure. franchise. Like, you can you can bring back Freddy Krueger and make it hilarious or interesting. Like, at least make it fun. Like, I don't know. Terminator, I, I loved the new Terminator. Like, I thought that was a fantastic entry in the franchise. I don't think there has been a good entry in the franchise since Terminator 2. Mm-hmm. So it's like, but they just committed to doing a fucking sequel, and they did it right. Like, I would love to see old school Freddy come back. If right. you're gonna if you're gonna do another Elm Street, I don't care about a reboot. Just bring back Freddy. Just make a proper sequel. Mm-hmm. Same with Friday the Thirteenth. Like I don't. I mean, I mean, I was kind of interested in seeing the found footage Friday the Thirteenth because I haven't seen a found footage slasher really that I can think of. Yeah, but like, just bring back Jason. Just do a fucking sequel. Like I don't need any more platinum dunes. Right. 
Or like gritty reboots where we find out that Freddy has skin disease and that's what's <laughs> going on. Well, look what Wes Craven did with a new nightmare. You know, yeah. that came along so late in the series. It's like you can still do interesting original things at any point. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and that only triggered the meta horror genre. Yeah. Like we got Scream how long after that? Like, mm-hmm. come on. I did just watch one of the Hulu originals, which who knows if any of these things are actually original. Like, you know, like Netflix originals, they just buy the rights to have them exclusive for like the first whatever few months before they go on everything else. Yeah, yeah. Um, But I just watched, like, I've been wanting to watch Wounds and all the Into the Darks. Well, a few of the Into the Darks. Um, But I haven't really watched any of those. But I did watch Little Monsters starring Lupita Nyong'o. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I fucking loved it it was so good so charming so funny uh and did a great job balancing like zombie gore and zombiness with an adorable movie starring lupita nyong'o as a kindergarten teacher (laughs) like Hmm. it was so good Hmm. i can't sing the praises enough of it i was absolutely charmed by it Hmm. total total good time um and I don't know, the horror comedies are a tricky thing, especially zombie comedies are a really tricky thing to do. Yeah. Like, I think Shaun of the Dead was... Well, I liked Cooties, actually, although I think Cooties didn't really have anywhere to go. Like, it just... They had a great premise and really great actors, and it was a funny script, and then the ending just kind of petered out. Um, But otherwise, I'm like, Shaun of the Dead kind of is the master class in that whole thing. And this movie did such a good job. Like, I think it's right almost on par. It's really great. Wow. So I I totally loved it. Oh, I had one more thing I was in. The, uh, the upcoming horror. Did you see the trailer for Antebellum? I did. I am so excited. Yeah, who's directing that? Oh, I have no idea. I don't even know. Mm. It just says from the producers of Get Out and Us. Right. I, my favorite is always when it says from a producer of yeah, Get from, Out. From an from a consulting producer of yeah. <laughs> a <laughs> they television just try to, series. Try to tie it in any way they possibly can. From a person who looked at this producer in a coffee <laughs> shop. Yeah. Yeah. I did watch that trailer. Yeah, it looks interesting. Man, I just I can't wait to know more. And for and I'm like I love I, I, I'm a huge Janelle Monet fan. Yeah. Best live performer I have ever seen. Ever you, it's like it's like watching the fucking puppet master pull the strings with how she can manipulate an audience with her energy. Um, hmm. I'm obsessed with Janelle Monae. I love all the genre work she does. I love that she's so preoccupied with sci-fi and like does so much sci-fi. And now I love that she's starring in a fucking horror movie. Yeah, I, she's a terrific actress. God, she's so good in Hidden Figures. Yeah. I was like weeping and in Moonlight. Moonlight. Man, yeah. mm-hmm. I just love. I don't know. I mm. <laughs> she great. I love her. I love that <laughs> horror is like I don't know. So I'm so excited. I I just can't. I I'm happy that they're. I after like you know we've had a few like maybe five horror releases this year. I feel like that were worth really getting excited about. Maybe. Yeah. And I just love seeing now. I have Antebellum to look forward to, and Hansel and Gretel. No, Gretel and Hansel, which I can't fucking wait for. And The Lodge. Can't wait to see The Lodge. I really want to see The Lodge. I'm excited for this upcoming year. Yeah, in 2020, it's almost here. 
Yeah, we've got so much to look forward to. All those films and Halloween, the other one. (laughs) Halloween, the other one? We have our live show on December 13th. fucking sold out live show. Um, Which, just for anyone contacting me, I am very sorry to tell you, there are no secret tickets. And as a matter of fact, there are never secret tickets. Um, I don't keep magical space on lists for you to get tickets. It's called buy the tickets. (laughs) But everyone bought the tickets, so I don't have any more tickets. I'm so sorry. I'll keep that in mind. I sorry, I'm not trying to be poisonous. I just every time I do any event, I get these a hundred messages, always the day of. Can you get me in? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I actually can't. <laughs> yeah. That's understandable. I can't wait. It'll be fun, I think. I hope. I aspire <laughs> towards the idea of it. It's going to be a fucking blast. Um, and Movie Madness, the video store here in Portland, just listed uh, and set up an event for this the signing with Adrian and Amy the next day on Saturday the 14th. But we will still be hanging out with Adrian and Amy, so you can you can pop by. If you can't get into the live show and you are in the region, um, you can always swing by Movie Madness on Saturday the 14th. It's free. There's no need for tickets. Uh, it will be from 1230 to 130, and both Stacy and I will be there with Adrian and Amy. Making We'll be wearing our riot gear. Yeah. Because um, we got some queens to look out for. <laughs> like, we've been entrusted yeah. with them. Like, we're their ter- We're like the T-800, like, reprogrammed. Oh, God. What? I like Terminator. <laughs> no, that no, I'm saying don't entrust me with that position. Oh, I'm yeah. Just, you know? I'm just going to, if I was the liquid one, I would just transform into like a blanket and curl myself up like a burrito and lay in the corner. (laughs) That's it. Stacey, we were supposed to help them and now you're an Afghan. (laughs) I'm scared. (laughs) You're the liquid metal terminator and you turn into a blanket and I... (laughs) It's very useful. It is. Yeah. By the way, everybody, this is in Portland, Oregon, if you don't know what we're talking about. Portland, our live Oregon. show. Uh, Friday, December 13th. <laughs> the other white Portland. <laughs> the other white Portland. <laughs> Portland Jr. Portland um, Jr. Yeah. Um, so there you go. It's going to be a fucking blast. Anyway. Alas. Uh, but the, again, that is the future. Yep, this we keep is getting present. ahead of ourselves, man. We keep getting ahead. Well, you like to announce things, you know? You know, things. there's things to be excited about in this world. And listen, the world has sucked so much that I'm going to take the excitement I can get. Wow. Today's excitement, race with the devil. Race with the motherfucking devil, 1975 classic. Classic. And you know what I realized is that I had only really seen like the first maybe... 15 minutes of this <gasps> i obviously knew what it was about etc cetera, etc cetera. uh but i think i was thinking of devil rides out devil when rides we decided out. to do this oh film i was devil wondering because you didn't sound that excited when i was like race with the devil stacy yeah i think i was thinking of the devil rides out what's the devil fine. rides out do you want to do a quick mini sode on that <laughs> no oh okay <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and so it was kind of like seeing this for the first time for me. It was most like 90 probably percent of this was brand wow. new. Wow. So you'd only seen the first 15 minutes of this. Yeah. How did you not see the other, the other 15 minutes? I don't know. <laughs> it's only a half hour know. movie. <laughs> I know. I don't know why. I don't, you know. But I just kind of remembered generally the beginning of it. And then I was like, I don't know. Maybe I got hit on the head. Who knows? It could have been. It could have been. You got hit on the head. You became a successful uh, Wall Street broker. <laughs> and totally forgot about Race with the Devil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What? Well, well, okay. Wait. What's your What's your fresh eyes verdict? Like just off the bat. Oh, I loved it. It's fucking great, right? It's fucking great. Yeah, I loved it. Loved it. Loved I it. Loved it. Love Race with the Devil. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I have wanted. I had wanted to see Race with the Devil for one hundred point eight billion years, um, <laughs> and then I the my I was I was truly blessed. B l e s s t. When, uh, you know, we do the all-night horror marathon here at the Hollywood in Portland, and one of my very first all-night horror marathons that I went to, um, and Race with the Devil, this is, like, it's easier to find now with all the streaming and everything, but, like, the DVD's on a print, like, it's been, it's so, I don't know why there isn't a physical release for this movie anywhere. Hmm. Um... At the very first All Night Horror Marathon, I think, that I went to, the very first movie, Dan, who's the programmer, announces, like, he always announced, it's a surprise what you're going to watch, and he just goes, our first movie is Race with the Devil, and I was like, I have crossed eons of time to be with you. <laughs> like, I literally jumped out of my seat. I was the crazy person, like, at the Christian church with the Jesus-induced arms up in the air. Like, I wow. just started screaming because I knew I was about to experience something I've always waited for. <laughs> <laughs> and man did i ever i love this film yeah it's great i loved it loved it loved it loved it i loved it how did i we... knew I, I mean i i figured i would based on the cast but and uh-huh. the subject matter but oh man this cat how do we how do we sum up i took on the last two synopses all right so <laughs> all right we've got two couples frank and alice And Roger and Kelly. Uh, Frank and Roger work together. They run a motorcycle shop and Roger races motorcycles or something. Uh, They've been working really hard for the last five years or so. Times have been lean, uh, nonstop work. So they decide they're going to take a vacation with their wives. They get a fucking land barge Winnebago like one of those giant fucking mobile home motor RV things cutting edge (laughs) cutting edge it has a microwave oven in it which this is is 1975 so a microwave is pretty fucking cutting edge I mean any movie that features a scene where they show off every technological aspect of an RV (laughs) like (laughs) yeah yeah so they're gonna drive the RV from uh, San Antonio Texas their goal is to get to Aspen they're gonna go skiing they're gonna have a great vacation Um, they eschew civilization for seclusion so the first night instead of going to an RV park or something like that they just kind of go down a dirt road and find a place to set up camp Uh, everything seems great they've got ginger the Shih Tzu dog with them. Ginger oh. is sort of, Ginger is a proto-muffin from Friday the 13th yes. part two. Right? Ginger, the true star of this film. Yeah. Ginger seems uneasy. 
She's barking a lot. What's wrong, Ginger? Dog isn't going to say. So they... (laughs) (laughs) That's a line in the script. Ginger does not tell them. Yeah. Ginger doesn't say. So the men, like, they, they park for the day and, like, the men go ride their dirt bikes and they have some dinner. Everything's great on this vacation. Uh, the men sit outside. It's nighttime. They're going to sit outside and have some drinks. And as they do, suddenly across the way, a little way across, like, a little river, all this, a giant fire goes up, a bonfire. And so the men, Frank and Roger, are kind of watching what's going on over there. And it's a bunch of berobed figures kind of chanting around a big bonfire and let me tell you folks these are the satanists that we're all afraid of right like this is the urban legend satanists right there right well because they're also like hillbilly adjacent or like adjacent. (laughs) right well we don't know that to begin with but it's like This was the, like, the image of the satanic panic, like, Satanists in their robes out in the middle of nowhere, chanting, doing their Satan stuff. Uh, The guys are watching with curiosity. They don't know. They think it's just a bunch of weirdos. Next thing you know, uh, some of the robes are coming off. There's some nudity. Ooh, look at those tatas. Some fine young ladies. And as Frank says... That's not rough. That's choice. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. they're watching like it's their own private little peep show that they get to see. Yeah, they think it's going to be some weirdo orgy. So, I mean, you know, they're laughing and watching and whatever. However, one of the young women is then stabbed, sacrificed. Um, and then the next thing you know, Big Mouth Alice, as played by Loretta Swit, <laughs> comes out queen. the door. Frank, what are you doing out there? It's late. I'm tired. I want to go to sleep. What are you doing? (laughs) Shut up, Alice. (laughs) Frank, what? I'm turning on the lights. Frank, Frank. (laughs) Making a big scene. The Satanists notice them. And then it's on. The Satanists give chase. Uh, Frank and Roger pile back into the Winnebago. They take off. It's really exciting <laughs> i'm mean, trying to get get away in this land barge these satanists like, have all been doing cardio too yeah absolutely some of them are running after it and so from that point um it kind of becomes a cat and mouse thing a big paranoia thriller because it seems as if everyone in all of these small towns is in on it um they stop off at the sheriff's to try to say like hey we saw this girl get murdered Sheriff takes them back to the scene, and there's a dog nailed to a tree. Oh. Um, the sheriff's like, "Are you sure you just didn't see, didn't see, the, didn't see the dog? See the dog out here? You know what hippies are like." Um, and, <laughs> and there's blood on the ground. The sheriff's deputy picks up some of the dirt with his bare hand and says, "Oh, we'll get it tested. We'll see if this is dog blood or human blood." Sheriff's not very into this investigation. Luckily, Roger also scooped up some of the dirt. So they're going to get to Amarillo and get this blood tested and prove that they saw a woman get murdered. But the Satanists have another idea. Um, And that is that they will not do that. (laughs) (laughs) You got another thing coming. Yeah. 
so the Satanists just continue to harass and attack them um, as they try to get to Amarillo. Um, they stop off at an RV park. And everything seems really sinister. Uh, especially Kelly notices that everyone's kind of looking at them. Like staring at them a little too long. <laughs> Those elderly pool Satanists. Elderly pool Satanists. It just seems it's like a real 70s paranoia thriller that everybody yep. is in on this. Um, and pretty much everybody is in on it. They can't find a working phone. Um, the ginger gets killed. Oh, there's rattlesnakes. Someone puts rattlesnakes in the RV. There's just all sorts of Satan, Satan anigans. Yes. Going on. (laughs) We get a chase that puts duel to shame. Uh, It's a high octane horror action thriller. Satanists against a Winnebago full of actors I love. Man. Right? Man. I don't want to give away the ending because the ending was a shock to me. We'll get to it. So. We'll get to it. So, spoiler alert. I mean. Oh, I guess we will get to it. (laughs) Well, (laughs) upcoming, upcoming, future spoiler alert. Yeah, if you don't want to. Watch Race with the Devil. I think it's it's available on things. Now, yeah, you streaming. can. It's a, it's on a it's on a DVD. It's on a dual DVD with another Peter Fonda flick. Um, oh, so it is out. Okay, but they don't have it there. by itself, right? And you can rent it online. I rented it on uh, Microsoft, so it's out there for streaming rental. But like many movies we talk about on the show, it does deserve that Blu-ray treatment. Like, oh, for sure, it's so good. So if you can watch this film and then listen to the rest of this, um, right? Yeah, because you don't want the ending spoiled if you don't know it. I don't think. Yeah, and also just watch it because it's a fucking great time. Mm-hmm. This is a good ass movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It. I mean, my all the excitement i've had to all to watch rates with the devil through the years when i finally got to watch it in the theater like it was that all that anticipation and hopes were completely fulfilled mm-hmm. i love this movie yeah so race with the devil man race with the devil i have to say when the movie opens and it says peter fonda warren oates my only complaint about this movie is it should say Loretta Swit and Ginger. <laughs> like, <laughs> those are the true stars of this film. I love Warren Oates. I love He's Warren great. Oates. I really love him a lot. He's he was a fantastic actor. Um he does that seventies muscle car machismo very well. Yeah. Yeah, everybody in this film just they because it is such a it's it most of it takes place on this small um rv set which i love the realization when there's a scene where the camera pans as they walk through the rv and he peter fonda opens the door and walks it and the camera just goes past and i was like oh it's actually just a set like Mm. they have an rv but then they also have a set rv without a wall on it um but just these four actors hanging out in this RV, like, I could watch that forever. And I love these four people, these four specific people, and how well they capture that. Just, I don't know, there's, like, a 70s Americana. You can almost taste their shitty, like, bologna sandwiches that they pack for their trip. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I really love the relationships between, like, yeah. like you know, because it is really that sort of 
machismo. Like you go into it thinking it's going to be like macho. Like the, the women are going to get told to go sit in the back and the men with their dirt bikes and their cars and this. Yeah, but the it's, motorcycle shot. Yeah, but it's not that at all. Like the couples yeah, are really loving with each other, which I love. And there's a real friendship between all of them. Um, yeah. Like when Warren Oates went as Frank, when he does the toast about like, you know. Like to French, like to these friends that I don't deserve, and but I'm gonna have for the rest. This is gonna be the best vacation of my life. Like they all really care about each other and love each other, and they're all adults, which is just yeah. I just really loved all their relationships. It was so good. Yeah, they're real. They come across as real people, and I think what's really important. I mean, for me as someone that can cannot relate to heterosexuals yeah (laughs) (laughs) or to i mean even despite being one or to married people or to um to to white people in the 70s driving their glamour rv like i i love all of them and you have to relate to them because in a paranoia thriller where any single other character that is encountered could be the enemy the secret enemy right you really have to be on the same page as the as your lead characters, mm-hmm. and they do such a good job establishing them and establishing a connection with the viewer through that. Yeah, and seeing it for the first time as it's going on and not knowing anything about it, I'm like, oh, who's gonna die? Like, are they, oh, are they gonna are they gonna kill? Like, I didn't want any of them to die. I just I don't know. I really liked like you could tell that the husbands cared about their wives and vice versa. And the men yeah. cared about each other and the women cared about each other. And it's like, like checking in with each other after a traumatic sequence. Like yeah, little touches like that don't often happen in horror. And when they do, it's it's really wonderful. And for being a 70s, I mean, this is, it's, what's funny about this film is it's a horror film, right? It's also a th- action thriller. Mm-hmm. It's a car chase movie. Mm-hmm. It's a paranoia movie. Like, it's so many different things all at once. It's also it's also throws in satanic panic. Like, it's so many different things all at once. Uh, it all comes together perfectly. But seeing seeing that humanity, like, when um, I keep thinking of during one of the bigger chase scenes towards the end, when it's just Satanist after Satanist getting onto the RV and trying to break in or trying to pour gasoline through the top of it. Like, when Peter Fonda grabs the gun... It, like, physically pains him to think about having to shoot another person. Mm-hmm. And, like, he looks at Warren Oates, and Warren Oates is like, do it. Yeah. And, like, he has to kind of get permission to be a murderer from his the people he cares about and who see him as a real good guy. Like, yeah. <laughs> even in a fucking awesome 70s car chase thriller where, like, that actually shouldn't be. In, like, you should you just pick up the gun and start shooting the Satanists off your rig, right? Mm-hmm. But in this, like, it, it has those moments of, like, of actually being real people, which is what makes it so effective as a paranoia thriller. Because, you like, in The Stepford Wives, you can have this crazy heightened situation, but if the characters that you're sympathizing with aren't 100% real and you can't put yourself in their paranoia, it's not going to work. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another one of the car chase sequences where um, Peter Fonda's driving, Roger's driving, and... Frank's got the gun in the back and like they're getting boxed in on three sides by Satanists in all their Satan cars, all their Satan mobiles. <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of crashing and you know, steering and everybody's flying around the back of the RV because the, the eggs are going everywhere. They were just going to try to have a nice meal. And then the Satanists showed up. And so it's just crazy for like this extended sequence. 
And then after it, uh, as soon as it's over, then they switch. Roger gets out of the driver's seat. Frank goes to drive. And Roger asks him if he's okay. Yeah. And it's such a small touch. But, you know, horror movie characters go through so much all the time. And they're not, we don't almost expect them to react like real humans. Yeah. Yeah. They never break down. They never, you know, give pause. It's just they're they're not they're characters. They're not people. And this is quite the opposite, I think. Yeah, yeah. Kelly, um, Roger's wife, like played by Lara Parker, uh, she's maybe the most outwardly emotional of these four characters. Mm-hmm. Um, she, you know, like she's the one that you know. It's her Ginger is her dog who gets killed, and she freaks out. It's, yeah, I mean, obviously, understandably, she has like a meltdown over that. Um, when she goes to the pool. And when they check into that RV park, or I'm sorry, recreational vehicle park, as they call it <laughs> yeah. in this film, and and she's confronted with all the elderly Satanists just staring her down in the pool, and she kind of has a panic attack and runs out to the bus and just freaks out. Like, in any other horror film, she would be treated as, like, this emotional woman that's just having a meltdown, and, like, you know, Peter Fonda would go and talk to her and tell her to calm down or something. Right, yes. None of, Peter Fonda goes in and sits down with her and closes the door mm-hmm. and just is there and lets her feel it, and they just, because everyone is traumatized. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, <laughs> it's just really nice. It's really While nice. While also being fucking awesome movie. Right, Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of thought went into this, and mm-hmm. a lot of um, empathy went into these depictions of these characters, and it just makes you love them so much more. Yeah, like I was like, I thought if anybody was going to die, it would probably would be her because she was the most fragile emotionally, um, yeah. and so I was like, kind of waiting for her to get it somehow, to get a stray bullet or who knows. Um, but yeah. I, but I didn't want any of them to die. You come to really care about them. Yeah. Which, I guess, do we get to that ending? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> so they pull over. They, you know, they're trying to, they're trying, after all these crazy car chases, and and the RV is just, like, busted at this point, they're trying to make it um, to this one town and just, like, get a rest there. But the sun is going down. They have no headlights. So they're like, oh, why not? take this road right here on the left it looks secluded they find an empty patch where nobody's gonna see them nobody has followed them uh night falls and suddenly uh uh, almost coffin shape gasoline outline just begins burning outside the rv completely boxing the men with flames and they see all the satanists walk up all wearing their robes and you see the sheriff you see uh, Jack Henderson and Ethel, the two nosy noses <laughs> that just burst into the RV in the RV park. Um, you see the elderly people. You see you see everyone yep. that they've encountered in this film that hasn't fallen off of the RV or been shot shows up. And they're just all chanting and doing their crazy satanic raver dance. They all have their <laughs> satanic jinkos and their candy necklaces. <laughs> the little pacifiers. They're all doing their little weird dance. And... The film just ends on that note as as the four the, as these two couples, the four friends are all like just horrified and it just ends. <laughs> yeah, the music like cuts out and you just hear the sound of the wind as yeah. the credits roll. You know what's going to happen. It's awful. <laughs> it's such a downer. It is awful. It's such a downer. I couldn't believe it. 
We could we could assume like okay, well, I mean, we could hope that maybe you know they drive and they just drive off like they drove through that water. They just drive off through the fire, maybe mow down some satanists on the way out because they're all in their robes. They're, they can't run that fast. They'll trip. Right. <laughs> but you know, you know, in your heart of hearts, <laughs> that those poor motherfuckers are all gonna die. There. Yeah. This is the next ritual. And this is the next sacrifice, and they're all going down. Yeah. And it is such a bummer. It's such a bummer. And a truly shocking ending, especially, I mean, I think not just the presence of Peter Fonda, um, who I, it, it's surprising that he would, you know, get this fate in this film, uh, that in a 70s action thriller. Right. And Loretta Swit, uh, who, like, Loretta I Swit mean, this was, was prime, this was prime MASH era. She was, yeah, hot, she was hot, hot, hot at the time. Hot lips O'Houlihan, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's like, it is truly shocking. And and for a for what is a a fun action film, yeah. in many regards, that it ends this way is just like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if this ending would fly today at all. Like four heroes survive to the end and you kill them all. Like, that's just... After you've fallen in love with all of them? Yeah. Like, I just don't... I don't see this ending. Somebody would have to get out, right? Ginger would Something. come back from the dead and save them all. Yeah, Ginger shows up with her shotgun on <laughs> and <laughs> blows away the yeah. Jack Henderson and Ethel. Yeah. Yeah, I was shocked. Just Legitimately it goes, shocked. It goes dark. Yeah. Man, I cannot believe this was basically a first-time view for you. I am so excited for yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> I loved it. I loved these Satanists. Like, yeah, they're all the, like, hillbilly townies. But I just, I love that it's the Satanists of urban legend. Um, yes. And I love that we don't really know what their goals are. You know what I mean? Like, we don't get any of this, their philosophies. We don't get any of the bullshit. We don't know. Clearly, they're not... Uh, asking Satan for a better living conditions. Mm-hmm. Or in that one Satanist's uh, case, he didn't ask for any new teeth. He really should have asked for at least a, a bridge or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, we have no idea. They're just doing their fucking thing. And it's so yeah, random. N- and, like, they come after these people and they don't stop until they get them. Yeah. Yeah, those those Satanists, those Satanists are fascinating to me because, yeah, they are absolutely the Satanic Panic Satanists. Yeah. But what's different about these ones, I feel like, is I think in a lot of the Satanic Panic stories, uh, it's usually more this idea of the Satanists, and this maybe goes back to Rosemary's Baby or Seventh Victim even, but, like, if it always seems like there's kind of a class thing with Satanists. Like, they're a little bit, mm, you know, there's mm-hmm. there's something about the perversion of the higher class. Right. Where it's like the, those rich people or these doctors or, you know, you can't trust them. Yeah. And it's like always these like upper class people that are kind of the Satan, that are secretly Satanists. Yeah. And in this, they're just fucking Texas rednecks. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and it's where it's the, is it like the entire, is the entire South run by a satanic cult? Right. It's this whole fucking county. It's everyone from the sheriff to all the old people at the recreational vehicle park 
to the toothless guy running the Texas Chainsaw Massacre gas station. To did you notice also by the way that Franklin is in this? Did you notice he's the chubby what? satanist? Yeah, he's the chubby satanist. What? Oh my god! Yeah. I'm just so used to seeing Homeboy in a wheelchair. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's literally everybody, but it reminded, like, the the initial ceremony that Frank and Roger witnessed really reminded me of a local, which I say local, but it's one of those things that everybody has. But locally, we had, there was this, you know, go to this trail that ended by some mill, like, we have a lot of mills around, like apple cider mills and that kind of shit. Oh, I thought, like, paper? I was confused. No. And then you, like, cross the bridge and you go up into the woods and there was a devil church up there. Like, oh, yeah. Like, not the actual building or anything like that, but that was where the Satanists and the devil worshippers would go and have their ceremonies, supposedly. No one ever saw Everyone it. knows. But everybody but I bet those windows. I bet the windows in that church glow red at a certain point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's like every town's got that legend, but it's like that's what this was. They're out in the middle of nowhere, chanting around a bonfire, getting ready to sacrifice a young woman. Mm-hmm. So I just really loved that. Yeah, yeah. We had uh, here in uh, well, in my hometown, we had the the Church of Zena, which was, <laughs> it's not as cool as it sounds. There wasn't it wasn't just lesbians and straps. <laughs> like, <laughs> I wish it was Lucy Lawless, <laughs> but it was Z-E-N-A, and it was, like, this fucking creepy-ass church out in the middle of the boonies, and we would drive out there, and we actually would have our own race with the devil dramas, because we would drive out there, but then the neighborhood people um, would always always knew that kid there was all these rumors about it being a satanic church, or, all the, or like, the devil being mm. buried at the graveyard. And so the neighbors that lived out there, these country people, would always chase us around in the cars to try to get us to not go out there. Oh my god! So we would we would all we would go out like weekly and always just get chased by cars <laughs> um, in our car. And but that was that was our satanic church was like, yeah, yeah it's such a it's such a real, um, yeah, you're like everyone has that story. Yeah. Do kids and, have them these days with all of their screens? They're inside with their Xbox friends. Do they even have Satan churches anymore? That's what kids are missing. It's the fucking Gen Z killed <laughs> Satanic churches. That's right. That's right. How's the urban legend industry thriving? Now it's probably some girl killed herself on YouTube. <laughs> oh, no. Listen, if it leads to more app-based horror than I'm Well, that's that's it. true. That's actually true. I should bite my tongue. Just put some more Satan in those apps. Right. I don't see any Satan in Countdown. Which yeah. I still need to see. Yeah. And yes, need is the correct word <laughs> choice there. <laughs> yeah. When was... When was... So Satanic Panic, right? Like... I always associate that more so with the 80s. Yeah, like, early I think that's 80s. When it, yeah. When it really hit its height, when like, when like that's when lay people kind of got involved in it. But I feel like it's when Ozzy Osbourne went solo, and you know, playing his records backwards would blow yeah. your mind. And that's when like um, all these shitty people in the medical industry, like uh, psychologists and doctors, all these shitty people started making up these stories and like planting false memories in their patients to try to. Uh, uh, sensationalize and get more career attention and money right. it all came down to money ultimately and just this ab- abuse of of real people with real lives um 
uh, not in the way that they were alleging it was being done, because obviously there aren't satanic cults running around doing this, although I kind of wish there were in today's world. But like, <laughs> so that was, that was, I mean, and then Geraldo, I think, and all that media shit in the 80s really amplified it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like that was all, and we talked touched on this in an earlier episode, like a lot of that came through in the 70s with the Warrens. Right. Like, I think it kind of start like, it kind of started to bubble with, like, Rosemary's Baby and Anton LaVey and the Church of Satan and, like, counterculture. And then, what, the 70s, it was, like, the Warrens. And then we had, um, what's that movie where the hippies do the bad acid and they all eat? Like, I, I drink your blood or as I eat your oh, skin. Oh, yeah, yeah. One of those. One of those names. Um, there's, like, that. And then Race with the Devil. And, like, it's all kind of, it all sort of became this proto-soup that was just kind of commenting on counterculture and the fear of counterculture, but then ultimately after that after that decade then just turned into a full-on hysteria for conservatives. Right. Well, then it became, I mean, it, you know, it's in response to music and movies. It's in response to... Um, sexual liberation. Sexual liberation, women's liberation. Women are out in the workforce now and the kids have to go to daycare. And did you know what's actually happening at daycare? Yeah, it's yeah. You know, that's and, a whole component. Yeah, and so we're all. This is all sort of laying the groundwork, and then all of a sudden, it became somehow no, no. Things like this are the reality, and it's an epidemic. Mm-hmm. And here comes Tipper Gore telling you that if you, you know, play "Bark at the Moon" backwards, you'll hear that he's saying like "Hail Satan" or what the fuck ever, you know. <laughs> I did not anticipate a Tipper Gore reference on today's well. show, but I, but I do feel grateful for it. Yeah, uh, it's true though, you know. It is. And then all of a sudden, it just all went away, and everybody's like, "Oh yeah, remember that?" It was. It's like remembering the Macarena or something, like some yeah. some national embarrassment. It's yeah, like, remember that giant collective hysteria? Yeah, remember that? Oh gosh, those were that was funny. It's not the like, fucking, how, it's not the electric slide. Like, people's lives were actually affected by this, you know? Hey, the electric slide That's put true. many people's lives at stake. That's true. A lot of hernias. How dare you speak lightly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> about the electric slide and the chaos <laughs> that caused across this country. Yeah. It's true. My PE class was never the same. Um, and there's a part of me that's, like, not nostalgic for it. But also, oh, it's, am. but it, yeah, but I am, but it seems so ludicrous that I'm like, I don't know, I think that's hilarious, and I kind of wish we all were worried about Satanists, without realizing that, like, all of these children grew up to think that they were, like, victims that, of yes. ritual sexual abuse, and et cetera. Like, there was a it lot of trauma. Really, it really traumatized people, and really fucked them up. And what these doctors and, and psychologists, what they, um... What they, I mean, it got away with is truly fucked up. Right. It's truly repulsive. Yeah. But the, but the culture behind it. <laughs> right. Exactly. There is a, there is a weird nostalgia for it. That's why I love House of the Devil. That's why I love Race with the Devil. Like there is a, the fiction of it. Right. Is tantalizing. Yes. Which obviously shows why it took such a hold of the consciousness. Right. It's also post, it's all of these things sprang up out of like the post Manson era also. 
where it's like oh, yeah, the, the yeah. blinders were off and, oh, my God, strangers might come in my house yeah. and do those kind of things to my family. Like, yeah, yeah. Devil worshippers doing devil shit. Yeah. Like that loss of innocence, I guess. And that, I mean, that's literally the, the dark side of the 60s. That's the, the right. death of, that's the, the dark side of counterculture. Because these were evil fucking hippies coming in your house to kill mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Uh, to kill Sharon Tate, you mm-hmm. know? To kill America's sweetheart. Like, that's. Yeah. It's so interesting seeing how that all spiraled out and then became this incredibly specific thing that suddenly Geraldo was talking about, like, what, two decades later, a decade and a half later. Right. Yeah, it's, yeah, when you see all the pieces and how they kind of all came together and evolved over the course of, like, a decade. And the result is, like, Dungeons and Dragons is evil. (laughs) 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 And then everybody was like, wait, none of that is really true. And then it all went away. Yeah. By the end of the 80s, Satanic Panic was over, you know. Because it was like, I was still, I mean, when I was growing up, like, the satanic panic was still affecting like the religious my religious upbringing right and like affecting you know there were still kids at school that would be like satan or i don't i don't celebrate halloween because it's the devil's birthday yeah that's still a thing you see comments on like youtube like i'll watch some random youtube video and inevitably there's like three comments underneath about how whatever it is is the devil's work yeah (laughs) sorry no. I just had a flashback to when I was traumatized by Linda Blair. <laughs> my friend, I think I've told you this story, but my friend, we, we did a screening of The Exorcist at the theater. My friend Dennis, during the Q&A, stands up and asks, hey, so uh, you you um, you received a lot of death threats while making this movie, and I can only imagine what that was like for you as a teenage girl making this film. Um, how has it been working through that, and what was that like, you know? And she just goes, you know what? No. I don't play with devil worshippers. Like, and just, like, started going off about Satanists. And then ultimately it ended with her lifting up her shirt and showing her six-pack of abs and then saying, I almost got a double hernia, and then just screaming, next question. Like, it was intense. But, like, <laughs> it was fucking intense. <laughs> Made me love her a little bit more. But, um, <laughs> but, yeah, even she, even Linda Blair is talking about devil worshippers. Yeah. When it's like, okay, I mean, Billy Graham was what, saying that the, the devil is inside the actual film of The Exorcist. Right. Like, in the, in the celluloid itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and even Linda Blair's buying into that. Who saw, like, who was in effects makeup and wasn't possessed by the devil. Right. Like, yeah. this shit is so ingrained in the collective consciousness. Right. Um, and to many, it, it's it's almost like... I mean, it makes total sense how the Salem Witch Trials happened when this happened on a national scale. Right. People weren't hanged, but I mean, I'm sure lives were ended over it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. When we really should know better. <laughs> we we really? Don't you think? Yeah. It's- that's, what the, that's always my thing is like, we should know better by now, though, right? But we don't. That's the thing. It's and almost, I think group it's hysteria. like we never learn. No. And you get more than a person in a room together and some kind of weird hysteria takes over, you know? Oh, Great. yeah. Yeah. Look at look at me in an escape room. Yeah. <laughs> We're all going to die in here, man. <laughs> <laughs> I start sawing off my arm. <laughs> yeah. So it was an interesting time, you know? 
Damn, kids don't I have to lo- worry about it. I guess it's not as chic these days, the satanic panic. So probably kids don't have to. Probably the urban legends have died down because it's just died down in the public consciousness. Yeah. Well, now it's vaccinations. Now it's vaccinations. <laughs> of, now that's the new satanic be panic. A, be afraid of the needle. Yeah. Yeah. With high priest Jenny McCarthy. Like, it's... <laughs> oh, God. At We're least she's damned. got better teeth than that guy. That's true. That is true. She's got nice, nice teeth. <laughs> You're really standing Jenny McCarthy these last I don't know shows. what my problem is. I just like singled out, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, Satan. I love Ride with the Devil. Race with the Devil. Race, Race with the, the devil. devil. That's the name of it. So Ride good. with the Devil is a different film. Devil um, Rides Out is the other film. Also a different film. Race with the Devil. It's, so, I don't know. In conclusion, it was nice... It just, there's so much, I have so much love for this movie, and that it that satanic panic, proto-satanic panic nostalgia comes out in this film. Mm-hmm. Those actors, I can't sing Loretta Switz praises enough. <laughs> I love her. Yeah, I love her. I will die for her. Love. I love her country casual green business ensemble she wears <laughs> yeah. when they first show up to the recreational vehicle park you know the one i'm talking about I do. I do. it's a nice shade of avocado it is she is a living embodiment of that avocado kitchen slash bathroom mm-hmm. that we all long she for is that right sl- that slimline phone come to life yes she is yeah. god i love her yeah um okay my favorite scene in the movie Mm. Alice and Kelly's trip to the library. Oh my god. It's amazing, right? Like if you talk about relationships between characters mm-hmm. and being real people. Yes. Like you think I mean, because this I mean it's mostly it's more so Roger and Frank's movie than it is Alice and Kelly's. Right. Yeah. And that's just, you know, it's because it's Peter Fonda, it's Warren Oates, it's structural misogyny is a thing. They're the wives. To right. the to the husbands that have the dirt bikes and the guns, like <laughs> uh, that's just how it is. But Alice and Kelly, Loretta Swit and Laura Parker get this fantastic scene where they get to do some detective work, and they get to the movie. The camera follows them for this part of the movie when they stop in this little small town library, which you can stay and browse. We're open till noon on Saturdays. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Well, Frank and Roger have gone off with the police to go back to the scene of the crime. Yes, when the dog and all that happens. The dog and all that happens. Alice and Kelly stay behind at the RV and they find a note. Someone has stuck a note on the window. And the note says, you are warned by this rune to be silent. Any evil you cause will be returned to you ninefold. So mote it be. (laughs) And then there's a lot of weird, like, you know. It's all astrological symbols. It's all astrological symbols and runes. And it's supposed and, to be like the Theban alphabet. Like. And, yeah, it looks like the inside of the fucking The One Ring from Lord of the Rings. Like that kind of shit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and one for the dwarves. Yeah. So Loretta Swit is like, what's a rune? Nobody knows what a rune is. Except, well, Kelly. Well, Kelly's yeah. like, it's witchcraft. Witchcraft. She so immediately then, knows. Basically, they're like, to the library. And so they, <laughs> they go to the library and they find the witchcraft section. And I just, I love that, like, they're doing their part in all of yeah. this. 
they're doing their part, and then they go to check out, and obviously, you know, this is a small town, hokey tonk, hokey tonk, (laughs) (laughs) hokey honky tonk library, um, so they don't have the microfilm, so we're, we lose the great microfilm sequence that could be, that really should exist in this film of them just studying as they scroll, (laughs) um, but they find these two big tomes on witchcraft, go to check them out, and the librarian's like, oh, well, these are reference books, you can't take those out of the library, and she goes, oh, well, Loretta Swit goes to Laura and says, oh, well, will you, will you put these back? I'll meet you out front. <laughs> and then as they walk out, she's like, you got them, right? Yeah. <laughs> I got them. And she stole them and put them in her giant purse. Yeah. yeah. I love these queens. And they're like, oh, we'll just mail them back when we get home. Yeah. <laughs> Which I love, too. But they'll still return. Man. They'll never get home, though. That's my that's my post credits teaser is like the library, <laughs> the lady the librarian opens the mailbox and those books are in there, <laughs> yeah. and then and then she hears she hears like like it's hogboiling time and then a shotgun and then it's Loretta Swit and Alice and oh. they have um or Kelly and then they have uh, bandanas tied around their heads. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay, I'm here for it. I'm writing it. Race with the Devil 2. Race with the Devil 2. Alice and Kelly's Revenge. <laughs> I'm into it. Anyway, that library scene makes me so happy. Yes. I, I just love these women stealing the reference books from the library. I love them laughing over it. I love it's such a it's such a nice little moment of a of a female friendship. Yes. Um and it's it just makes me love this movie that much more. Yeah, I really love it. It's got such a good pace to it. Like it's not nonstop action, but it is it's always moving forward. Even when it's always. like, oh, here's a scene where they go to the honky tonk bar. You know. <laughs> Starring Arky Blue as Arky Blue. <laughs> 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 and the guy in the band who I thought was Harvey Keitel for a second, but it wasn't. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but I mean, the whole thing, like, the narrative is always pushing forward, which is really great. And yes. just the characters are unbelievable. I just fucking love this movie. Yeah. And it's hard to do a chase. Like, this is a chase movie. And it's right. hard to do a chase film where you have those breaks. Yeah. Like, the only, like, I can't think of another movie like this that really maintains that momentum while still being able to take a break like like mad max fury road can do that like they kind of stop in one part right but otherwise it's just you gotta keep moving gotta keep moving got it and this one it really manages it so well mm-hmm. um plus i mean not only are we treated to loretta and ginger and and a, <laughs> and a litany of perfect queens in this film um excluding ethel come on <laughs> ethel get your hand off that microwave oven <laughs> Um, the guy at the gas station, and he's holding that cat. <laughs> yeah, and the cat is pissed off. It's just so funny because there's just a scene with these with with Roger talking to this gas station attendant through the glass of the RV, and this guy's just holding this cat. But the cat is not here for this film. That is not an actor cat. That is just an actual cat. <laughs> The entire scene, this guy's just holding his cat, and it's just... (laughs) (laughs) It's hissing at the camera, it's hissing at him, it's swatting at everything, (laughs) and he just keeps holding that cat. I love... I love that cat. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, 
What a movie. Go see it. If you haven't seen it in a while, go watch it again. It is a treasure. And please, someone release this on Blu-ray. Yeah. Like, give this a nice treatment. Like, put it back in the theaters. Like, it is... It is a delight. You can Mm -hmm. learn so much about... About... (laughs) Aztec priests and the wigwam ceremony. (laughs) I was like, okay, their handle on Satanism is a little (laughs) skewed here. You learn a lot about RVs. You can learn a lot about recreational vehicles and their parks. Yeah. You can see some stellar fashion from Loretta Swit. <laughs> um, there's satanic yodeling. I mean, this movie has everything. It really does. I also like to think that it helped lead up to uh, another film I love in this genre called Drive Angry. <laughs> yes. Oh, for sure. There is a lot of connective tissue between these films. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Drive Angry. Man, no Nicolas Cage versus Satanic Hillbillies movie should be that good. Yeah. I'm such a fan of Drive Angry. Mm-hmm. So much uh, fun. So, sort, of a, sort of a spiritual sequel, but of a very different variety than Race with the Devil. But Yeah. Man, they just don't, they just don't make them Satanic like they used to, you know? They really don't. They really don't. I mean, maybe, maybe we'll get more Satan in the app-based horror maybe but i think i think we're ready for more satanic stories especially but you know that'll be like oh my god have you ever been on (laughs) satan.com stacy that is just making me very excited (laughs) so i haven't is it scary (laughs) satan what's it called (laughs) satan.com click 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 (laughs) like you know it would be it would be that stupid right yeah, and I would be in the front row on opening night. <laughs> you know we would do an episode oh, on Oh my, it would be my favorite movie of all time. We would love Satan.com. Satan.com. Maybe we need to write Satan.com. I am absolutely already signed on. <laughs> <laughs> Blow my house. <laughs> Come through. Come through. $50 exclusive <laughs> rights to Satan.com. <laughs> You could franchise it on Hulu. <laughs> oh, boy. Race with the Devil. Race with the Devil. Great movie. Yeah. Loved it. Uh, Stacy, on that note, do we have a listener question today? Um. Yes. Yes, we do. All right. Uh, okay. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. So this week's question comes from Jillian. Who asks, if you could cast two of your favorite horror actors in a movie as family, what actors would you cast and what would their relationship be? Okay. Okay. A little tough. It's a little tough. A lot of potential. Yeah. I forgot that she only said two, so... Oh, did you cast the entire, like, uh, entire oh, I did. I did a little more than that, but that's fine. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. Mine is... <laughs> Mine feels a little self-serving. <laughs> I see. Please, do tell. <laughs> okay, well, I did only cast two, but because they're the only two I immediately thought of, and I, I, I even tried coming up with a separate answer. Like, mm-hmm. I have my obvious choice, and then I tried coming up with, like, a real answer. And then I thought, no. I followed the advice of Lisa Renna, and I said, own it. <laughs> and I'm gonna fucking own it. 
My obvious answer, the only answer I want, uh, oh, I can't wait to hear yours. The only answer for me is uh, cast these two actors um, as sisters. Mm. Their names, their names are Kim and Kyle Richards. <laughs> yes. And put them in Halloween, the other one. <sighs> Listen, we've said this before on the show, but I'm serious. Kim could easily be Lindsay's older sister who just was out of town or like, yeah, was babysitting somebody else, or she wasn't old. She was at college babysit. or something. Yeah. yeah, it would be, and put just put Kim and Kyle both in Halloween. Yeah, I'm it's all it. I want. It's all I want. That's literally as far as my answer went. <laughs> wow. Okay. I li- I mean, I tried racking my brain thinking of other actors I'd want to see play family members, but all I want to see is Kim and Kyle. Yeah. I love them. They're horrible, but I love them. Yes! Is it conflated by the fact that I um, recently saw a picture on Kyle Richards' Instagram (laughs) celebrating the fact that her daughter Farah also now got bangs to pay tribute to her mother getting bangs to pay tribute to Lindsay Wallace? Kyle Richards looks fucking great with those bangs. And I don't know if that's just the Halloween lover in me coming out. Oh, she looks incredible. But I think she looks great. Kyle Richards always looks fucking great. Right. But with these bangs. Yeah. I mean, who knew that you could improve on uh, uh, Fresco Jesus? Or, I mean, what's a classic (laughs) piece of art? (laughs) Who knew? Who knew you could make the Eiffel Tower more iconic than putting fucking bangs on her? (laughs) <laughs> Kyle Richards bangs 2020. Also, did you see? I have. I didn't click on that headline because I'm a modern internet user. But um, Jamie Lee apparently is saying how incredible Kyle is on Halloween. The other yeah. one, yeah. It makes me I so mean, happy. It makes me happy. I mean, she's talking on her butt. Like she she's probably does. talking about someone else and doesn't she's know like, who she's talking about. No, I meant the porn actor. Yeah, <laughs> the one I tweeted about. <laughs> I'm addicted to Activia. (laughs) (laughs) Bottom line is, thank you. I'm happy for Kyle. I'm happy for her bangs. I'm happy for Farrah's bangs. I hope Kim gets the bangs, and I hope they both end up in Halloween bangs. (laughs) (laughs) Did you cheat a little by casting two family members as two family members? They didn't say. They couldn't already. That's true. They said pick two horror actors, and they are both horror actors. Well, this is true. Look at you, gotcha journalist. uh, Yeah, it just feels a little like... uh, I don't know, manipulating the margins of your paper to hit the to hit the length. You know what I mean? You know what? <laughs> That's okay. You do you. I am eat, pray, loving this week. <laughs> I screamed at a woman at a share concert, and now I am casting Kim and Kyle Richards as sisters. Look at me getting off. That's <laughs> Ew. Ew, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'd rather have eye worms. <laughs> No offense. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Okay. Sometimes it's kinder. <laughs> How about you, Stacey? Well, I didn't stop it too, so I suppose I'm manipulating my margins as well. <laughs> <laughs> Look at her Do manipulating you see? her margins. Ooh, check her out. 
See, oh, off yeah. the cuff and sensual. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Manipulate those riders, baby. Oh, God. It's disgusting. Anyway. Well, my first two that I started with were Mary Warrenoff oh. and Adrian Barbeau. Oh. And I said, I would like to see them as sisters in some dark film. And then, yes. and then that started the snowball. And then I said, well, let's also throw in Margot Kidder. Oh. Let's also throw in, she's forever Nancy Loomis to me, but I suppose oh. she prefers to be called Nancy Keys. And then I said, uh, her, and also let's throw in a Barbara Crampton. Oh. And let's have them all be sisters in a remake of a little film called Home for the Holidays. I was just going to say, what is this Home for the Holidays-esque dream cast? Yeah, and the dad... I immediately started thinking Home for the Holidays, yeah. Yeah, that it became a Home for the Holidays remake. And I was like, well, then the dad has to be either. Or both, I don't care. (laughs) Somehow. They can be conjoined (laughs) twins. I don't care. Dad's up there, both of them. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Tom Atkins and George Kennedy. Oh, my God. Yeah. Stacy. Well. We need a resurrection machine. We need a resurrection machine. <laughs> this has to happen. <laughs> yeah. Or, well, like, you know, they made that, they're making that movie starring James Dean about the dogs in Vietnam. Right. With a deep fake, I could be George Kennedy these days. <laughs> Stacey Bonner is <laughs> George is Kennedy. George... <laughs> <laughs> my God, that is my dream role. Are you kidding? <laughs> Love George Kennedy. Who so. would be, who would be, did you go as far as to cast who in which role? Like, who's the Jessica Walter? Who's the Sally Field? Who's the... I thought Mary Warnoff really seemed like the Jessica Walter to me. Yes. Oh, yes. Right. Um, or Margot Kidder could play that role, too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they all could. I thought Barbara Crampton would be the one who leaves early and gets killed. The like cute blonde sister. Oh, with the name. with the great hat. With the hat. Yeah, with the hat. That I thought was her hair <laughs> before yeah. she took it off. Yeah. Actually Mary Warrenoff could play the Julie Harris role. I was gonna say the Julie Harris is kind of the toughest role because you have to be suspicious of this character but ultimately have sympathy and love her and realize she's actually the hero. Mary Warrenoff. Yeah. As Julie Harris. Yeah. I'm into it. And then Margaret Kidder could be uh Jessica Walter. Yes. Adrian Barbeau could be the one who's the killer. Yes. Then that leaves Nancy Loomis as my Sally Field, though, and that doesn't really work for me. Maybe she could be the one who leaves early, and Barbara Crampton could be the Sally Field. I could see that. I could, I could, I don't know. I could see them either way, though. I could see, I could see Nancy Loomis doing a final girl moment. I would like to see that from her. Right. She never gets to be the final girl. No, she'll get killed. Yeah. <laughs> I love this, Stacy. Yeah. Right? I love it. Man, so all I all I want is is <laughs> Home for the Holidays 2.0 and Halloween Bangs. <laughs> and Satan.com. And Satan.com. Got I'm some t- good ideas. We need to start a production studio. I'm telling you. Yeah. Once again. All problems in media and horror and representation <laughs> and the casting of, of dead people of dead people <laughs> would be solved if people just gave us their fucking money. Yeah, right? Hulu. Hulu, come on. We will actually let you be our sponsor. 
Mm -hmm. if you produce our films for us. (laughs) And we retain complete control. What a trade. What a trade. (laughs) They're like, hey, our legal department looked into this. It's a great deal. (laughs) So there you go. That's my answer. That is a great answer. Thanks. So is yours. I would like to see Kim and Kyle. Like, let's get it back to the heyday for them, right? I want to see the car part two. It's a self-driving car. Those are things now. It's a Tesla gone wrong. It's a Tesla gone wrong. Oh, my God. The car part two. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, race. It's one of those Google. Part two. It's the Google map car. Yeah. I don't trust that. No. Would I don't trust any of these self-drive. What are these self-driving cars? I'm not going to go off on self-driving cars. Would you I'm get gonna... in a car that picked you up that had but, just a car? It wasn't a pure. It didn't have a people. Would you do that? I wouldn't why? get in that. Why I would do not we get need in that. it? I don't trust that. I don't know why we need it. This isn't Minority Report. So what? You can answer a fucking email on your way to the office. Oh. Like. Oh, maybe I would do it actually. Ew. <laughs> I have to answer emails on my way to the office, Stacey. Oh, my God. Well, let's be real. I do it anyway while I'm driving, and I'm fine. So I don't need a car, a self-driving car. Uh, Well, if Anthony doesn't crack up the car, we'll be back next week. <laughs> yeah, if I haven't been murdered by myself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Satan Month will uh, wrap up next week. Yeah, we took a week ex- off. We so took we a week off. Extending. Yeah, yeah. So even though it won't be November, I guess we'll still be Satan month in it. Because Satan is a queer liberator, a feminist queer liberator for all seasons. Exactly. Whether you're talking about November or December, yeah. <laughs> exactly. for all winter, he is a liberator. Yeah. And uh, mm. yeah. So we're gonna celebrate. We're going to celebrate and celebrate Satan Month with us. You know, go home, put on those robes. Put on your robe. Take off your robe. Or if you're a man in Race with the Devil, just do the shirtless, but then have the cape. Right. If that's how you identify and that's how you want to dress appropriate to your sense of (laughs) (laughs) self-expression, put on your cape. There you go. And go, go, I mean, don't, well, don't burn a tree because that's just rude. We need more trees in this world. Right. But, you know, you could light a match and, and yodel. Do a satanic yodel around it. Do a satanic you know? yodel. There you go. It's good advice. We, we need us queers, you know, we need to we need to strike fear into the hearts of those suburban peeps. Yeah. So put on your robe and let's let's bring satanic panic back. But this time it's for us. For a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Uh, Is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, Oh oh my my god! God. Oh Oh my my god! God. Tune in next time for more Gaylords of Darkness! Ha, 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 ha.